We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's on us. Let's get it. It's 9 o'clock. It's time for more 92.9 The Game Tonight as we get you caught up with all things Atlanta sports and beyond. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in. Final hour, 92.9 The Game Tonight. I'm your host, Abe Gordon, live from the Kia Studios here. Having some fun. Had a lot of talk about the Atlanta Hawks most recently, though. We just spending some time talking about cinema and what the next trend is in movie. I just, I, I think it's a really interesting weekend as you have uh, Bob Marley, one love competing with Madam Webb. And, and it, it just, I, I don't know if it's a changing of the guard or not, but it feels like superhero movies are on the decline. And, and I had pretty much every caller that we talked to and a number of people on Twitter as well, kind of agree uh, for one reason or another. And so the question I'm having, is what is the next big trend in movies? And I think there are, like I said, and I'll run through it quickly before we get back out to the phone lines, 404-726-0929 if you want to talk about the film industry and what you think is the next big trend. And I'll run through it again. Look, I think reboots, sequels, prequels, remakes, all that stuff is still going to happen. That's not slowing down. But Rebirthing old franchises, I think, is a huge moneymaker right now. We, we saw the success of Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we saw the success of the new Ghostbusters, of which another sequel will be coming out in, in a couple of weeks or, or when that one comes out. Um, I think biopics are, are massive. We talked about Bob Marley coming out but um, this weekend. But, I mean, over the past year and change, you had Elvis, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, um, all, you know, I know Napoleon didn't make a ton of money, but uh, Elvis made a bunch of money, and then w- we all know what happened with Oppenheimer. It's also a situation, and, and this is also what's interesting, is biopics are, are probably the preeminent opportunity for actors or actresses to win an Academy Award. I, I mean, if you are starring as someone famous in a biopic, you gotta. Ha- it's got to be a bad movie or you do a terrible job to not get nominated. We saw Austin Butler get nominated. Obviously, we've got Killian Murphy getting nominated. What is the next big trend in movies? And then I think the, the last one is the combination of an action comedy and a rom-com. It's big male and female leads. It draws both the male and female audience. Usually, to some extent, it's family-friendly. Uh, or even if you make it a little bit raunchier, you can do it that way as well. Let's get out to the phone line. Phone lines are blowing up here with film calls. I love it. Uh, let's see what the crowd's got. Rusty is starting us off. What's going on, Rusty? Hey, what's up, Abe? How you doing? Doing yeah. good, man. What, uh, what do you think's the next big trend? How about bringing back the American Pie movies with Stifler and all of them? What do you think? So, and I appreciate the call. The only thing is, is we're in such a culture nowadays that a movie like that is tough to be a multi, multi-million dollar movie. Like, we had the era of, like, the Judd Apatow type of Seth Rogen, Jonah Hill style comedies. 
I don't know how big those movies get nowadays. Now, you had Jennifer Lawrence try it um, uh, last year. I, I forgot the name of it where whatever. It, yeah, it didn't make yeah. a lot of money. It was raunchy. You still have those, but they just don't make money because of cancel culture. They, they, people have yeah. to be too safe with the jokes. And unfortunately, that's one of the side effects um, of that sort of comedy. I mean, there's no shortage of movies nowadays that would, or excuse me, movies from our past that would never be made nowadays. And I think we understand that. And whether you like them, whether you call them classics or not, Blazing Saddles and Animal House are not getting made today. And so the cancel culture has prevented a lot of people from doing certain things in cinema that, that, you know, I particularly enjoyed. I'm sure many other people do as well. I'm a big fan of comedy, so, you know, it has hampered that a little bit. Uh, Robert in Fayetteville joins us uh, as well, 404-726-0929. Robert, if superhero movies are starting to die down a little bit, what's the next big trend in movies? Hey, man, uh, great show. Well, you know, I grew up in the 80s, and right um, when, you know, we used to watch television and, you know, shows like The Hulk, uh, Wonder Woman, the greatest American hero were a staple of what we watched on television. And that's what we're seeing in movies, what we've seen in movies. But now this generation are more into video games. I predict that we'll have more video game um, themed movies coming into the future, as well as I believe the Rambo um uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, those types of movies. I think those make a resurgence coming in. And one thing about the Hawks, what do you think about them getting Zion Williams and getting rid of uh, Trey Young? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I appreciate the call. We were talking about the Hawks earlier. Is Zion, the, the, the concern for me is how consistent is Zion. It just Because you're going to need him to be a one. You're going to need him to be a one, and I just don't know if he's there yet, especially not – when I'm already concerned about inconsistencies with DeJounte Murray. So, like, he's a name, and if that's the best you could do, it's probably worth trying as opposed to doing nothing. Doing nothing, but, yeah. Um, now, look, when you talk, going back to the movies here, when you talk about, like, so he said two things, right? We'll start with the latter. Like, the Rambo, that goes into that nostalgia stuff yeah. of rebooting 30-year-old mm-hmm. franchises. And I know that Stallone has actually done some Rambo movies. You know what? I I was younger, and I was down visiting my grandparents in South Florida, and we were going to the movies, and they asked me what movie we wanted to see, and we, we saw the, like, I forgot what year it was, like maybe 2014 version, whatever it was, uh, okay. of Rambo. Yes, yes. When he's still in, like, Burma or Myanmar or whatever. That was that was not a great movie to see with my grandma and granddad, <laughs> but uh, I went anyways. I enjoyed the heck out of it. They probably did not. The other thing he said was uh, video game adaptations, and here's the problem. They almost always suck. I mean, they, they just do, yeah. and, and it's unfortunate. We've obviously seen going back years, like Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. More recently, there's been some Mortal Kombat, and they're, redo- they're, make, they're, they're yeah, making a sequel to Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, the Halo TV series did not go over great. The Last of Us, um, Yeah, I mean, there are some. I, I just think TV series, are, the Resident Evil franchise made yeah. some money. They, there are some. I, I don't know if the influx is going to be as much as people think. Also, the popular games today don't really play out into a movie. Like, Fortnite isn't a movie. So, here's what I will say, because I think a lot of games that are coming out now do 
center around really large narratives and story base and like open world stuff like that's very popular so i think that actually does lend its way so like i think while it may not well, now you're talking to a movie movies, about like like a movie like free guy which is kind of video game ish ready mm-hmm. player one was video yes. game ish but it's not really the but story he, of the video game, but kind of in that world. Right, but also, like, even with The Last of Us, I think you'll see more, like, video games like that that are very story-driven get more so done in TV format. And, and, and I think that's where they'll Look, Need they'll for shine. Speed was a terrible film. Yeah. I, I think you got to be careful. Zombie movies, though, uh, there's no shortage of zombie movies. And, and I think games that can turn into zombie, you know, zombie games turning into zombie movies does still make sense. Uh Marquise is in Smyrna talking about what's next in movies. What do you think is the next big trend? So I'm kind of agreeing with the last guy. I really do think that video game movies are the next. So, I so, also agree with you. I think they suck. Yeah. But this newer generation that's coming up, they're going to absorb. They're going to they're gonna eat on that. So l- let's play a little game here then, Marquise. Like what, what are some of the video game franchises you think would be Good turned into a movie. I think. I think if you play it right, that Grand Theft Auto could be huge. But it'd have to be right. rated R, and that Grand would be Theft a problem. Auto. Yeah, I was going to say Grand Theft Auto. Um, again, I don't agree. But maybe if they did a Roblox movie, a lot of kids love Roblox. If if they made that movie, I think it would do numbers. Yeah, I, I do think kids' movies out of some of the more um, youth gaming. World probably does, but it, it just, I don't know how much. There's still a limit on the upper end to how much those movies can make, but also those aren't going to cost as much uh, necessarily. So it, it'll be interesting. I, I do think that is probably a, a way, a market that is untapped, but I just don't know if people have figured out the formula yet. Like, like you look at the video game movies that have worked. And have not, and I don't really know what the formula is. That's yeah. part of the problem. Yeah. Um, I also wonder how much more of an influx we get from international. I, I think it's not that it started here, but uh, did you ever see the the movie out of India, RRR? Yes, on Netflix, yeah. So it kind of started there, and, and it went viral, and it got huge. Mm-hmm. Um, Pretty much just by word of mouth, like a couple of reviews. It, it wasn't in theaters until after it succeeded yeah. on Netflix, yeah. and then then it got put into theaters. Got nominated for some awards as well. We saw the the best um, original song performed at the Oscars. I, I think between like RRR and then I, I don't. I, I've told everyone that I know to go see Godzilla minus one. It yes. was an awesome, awesome yeah. film. One of the best I saw of the year. I, I also do wonder. How much more of an influx we get in subtitled films and non-English language films? I don't think that's quite the trend like we're talking about. I think it's a much slower build. But I do think you see a a serious uptick in that, especially in the action genre. Especially in the action film genre. I I think you'll see a lot more uh, international films, subtitled movies uh, being placed in the theaters. Again, I don't think it's like the biggest trend in movies, but I think you will notice it uh, to an extent. All right. We did not get to outside the perimeter, so let me just tell you this. Uh, Caitlin Clark has broken the women's scoring record uh, of Kelsey Plum. Congrats to her. She did uh, did so with a uh, long three-pointer. And uh, unfortunately, there were a bunch of other stories we didn't get to, but so be it. All right. We are going to continue here on 92.9 The Game tonight with my good buddy, 
Deshaun Tate. He's going to join and break down what we've missed in college basketball so far. My man, the 92.9 The Game College Basketball Insider, Deshaun Tate on the other side. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Think we ain't done yet. Letting the spit fly. For me, it's the intensity. This is 92.9 The Game Tonight. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back in, 929 The Game. Abe Gordon here, chatting. Uh, we've been chatting movies. I'll tell you real quick before I get into uh, an interview with Deshaun Tate here. One trend that I absolutely hate and I know is not going away is movies being done in two parts. You got Rebel Moon, that was part one, part two's coming out. We mentioned Dune, kind of just stops midway through. Dune part two's coming out. Fast and the Furious X is going to be done in two parts. Like, the movies that just stop and then force you to wait, I despise that, but it, it doubles up. Dead Reckoning, part one, uh, the Mission Impossible, same thing. I, I understand why. Like, it, it makes money that way, uh, the cliffhanger, whatever. But, man, I, come on, wrap it up. Let, let me see the whole film. I want, I want to know what's going on. Uh, but at least if you're going to do it, do it like Rebel Moon, where, like, the two parts are, like, two months apart, and we, we can pour through it. Uh, okay, anyways. Let me head out to the wade4.com hotline and bring on Deshaun Tate. For those of you who might not be familiar with Deshaun, as we mentioned early in the show, uh, he is the 92.9 The Game College Basketball Insider, the only person I know here at 92.9 that I can safely say watches more college basketball than me. And while we have been toiling away in the world of Super Bowl and NFL playoffs and spring training, Deshaun Tate, dribble, dribble, shoot, shoot, has been locked in on college <laughs> hoops. Deshaun, how are you, my guy? Outstanding. Thanks for asking. Much better now that we got that stupid bowl stuff out of the way. Yeah, you you and the other uh, 132, whatever the number was that watched, you know, you know, you know. Did you, let's just start here. Let's start here for all the nonsense. Did you at least watch the Super Bowl part of it? You talking about the halftime show? Did, what, whatever you want to consider watching it, did you at least <laughs> was it on your TV at some point? I checked a little bit okay. out of it, but you know, I'll, I'll say this last little part real quick before we move forward. As a Detroit Lions fans, I find my a friend, I find myself trolling the 49ers fans a little bit, saying, "Hey, if you went for it on fourth down, you might have won the game." <laughs> possibly, possibly. Situation slightly different, but I understand. Uh, all right, so Deshaun Tate, 92.9 The Game, college basketball insider. Uh, let's start here. Uh, question one, with team number one, the number one team in the land is UConn, 23-2. and two. Uh, What's been the most impressive aspect of their season this year coming off of what they did a national championship a year ago? Oh, um, I think it's the fact that they just haven't really skipped a beat. Um, I think they've improved on both sides of the ball. 
Um, and they're arguably a better team. I know some people, that, me included, that would probably put this team up against last year's team that won a national championship. And I think the other impressive part of it is when you're losing somebody like, a, you know, Adama Sanogo, Jordan Hawkins, Andre Jackson, guys that left off and went off to the league. And then, you know, you're bringing back guys like, you know, potential lottery pick like a Donovan Klingon. He's only a sophomore. Alex Caravan, another sophomore. But in order to win and cut down the nets, be the first team to do it since your Florida Gators did it in 06, 07, you got to have some experience. And they have that with Tristan Newton, who's a fifth-year senior, and another fifth-year senior in Cam Spencer. Um, the people around this market in Atlanta probably know the name Stefan Castle, uh, probably upset with me that I didn't name him first because he's probably got the highest you know, potential for the next level on this team, a true freshman who's also a lottery pick. So I think that they have the size like the typical UConn. They played the right way. They're the national front runner for me anyways. And honestly, the tournament's probably not going to start until they lose if they lose. Yeah, it's been real interesting. Uh, Deshaun Tate joining us on the waitfor.com hotline, college basketball insider for us here at 929 The Game. I really thought they were going to take a little bit of a step back because of the situations you presented and some of the talent they lost. But uh, you are right. They have not. Now, another team that has been right up there with them all year long for the most part is Purdue, and they had an early exit from the tournament a year ago. And we all know about the big man in the middle, Zach Eady. Um, But to me, the real difference maker is at the guard position, Braden Smith. How has what he's been able to do this year kind of changed the scope of the Boilermakers this season and kind of put them – Right up there with UConn is one of the favorites to cut down the nets when all is said and done. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's an extra added year of experience for him. You know, especially as a guy who's a, you know, a sophomore on this team. He's added three more points, three more points per game this year than last year. Three more assists, five percent shooting better from three, four percent shooting better from the field. Some of those little things, you know, and it's not just about him. He and Purdue just in general, they have this system, this scheme that they have put in place by head coach uh, Matt Painter. They're just fundamentally sound. They're basic basketball. You know, the way that this thing was, you know, uh, established back in, you know, 1891, December 1st, Springfield, Massachusetts, Dr. James Naismith type of thing. They just play the right way. It kind of reminds you a lot of probably Virginia. Remember what they went through when they lost to a 16 we're just seeing Purdue coming off the exact same thing. I know they kind of want to have that same similar story, but, you know, the, the, the offensive sets as a team, the defense has been better. They've got an amazing, I'm talking about probably the best uh, resume. They beat a number one team in Arizona. They've taken down Marquette, who's a top five team. There's so many other variables to it, but they get out after loose balls. They create second chance points and, uh, he's a big part of that. You know, he scored 19 points in three of the last five games. He's put up 26 against that Arizona team that was number one, and it's not just him. It's Fletcher Lawyer, who's also a sophomore. Uh, Mason Gillis, who's a senior. I think the biggest issue for them, if anything, is probably the lack of depth, the experience, obviously. And if we're just being honest, they're going to be considered untrustworthy, much like Gonzaga had been over the course of the last handful of years or so. At Tate's Take Hoops on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but right now on the waitfor.com hotline with us here, it is Abe Gordon, 92.9 The Game tonight, chatting a little college basketball. And 
Deshaun, let's talk about some of the teams that we are a little more attuned to here locally, and one of them being UGA. Now, at one point, Georgia had won 12 of 14. Their only losses in that span, I know it seems like a whole nother year, their only losses in that span were to Tennessee and Kentucky. Um, but since then, things have gone south, five straight losses. So what's gone wrong in Athens recently? Well, it ain't football, Abe, that's for sure. Shocker, right? I guess uh, I think during that span of which they went on that run, I call them Betty Crocker and Sarah Lee, Duncan Hines type teams that they were beating. Check this out. Winthrop, Mercer, High Point, Mount St. Mary's, North Florida, Alabama, A&M, those teams aren't cutting it. Those are games that typically Georgia are expected to win, even if it is Georgia basketball we're talking about. I think the main thing for them is just, you know, kind of there's a satisfaction with just being more competitive. I think they're still trying to kind of establish a culture uh, to a degree. Um, they've got some single-digit losses in there as well that, that I think that is a step for them in the right direction. They're trending upward. Um, you know, Tennessee was a, a single-digit loss. I know people don't like to talk about moral victories, but, you know, number 10, you know, Kentucky was one of them on the road. They played Florida, which I know is a, a big rival. Uh, you know, and that, that went into overtime, Alabama. And they split the series with a South Carolina team who only has like three or four losses on the season, plus the Arkansas team by three. There, there, there's some positivity and some optimism in there. Um, but, you know, I think that Mike White is certainly the right hire and the ideal hire for this team so far anyways. And they got some studs in uh, Jabri Abdurrahim and R.J. Melendez who came over from Illinois. It's just going to take time. And if you have time, then I think that uh, it's something worth investing into potentially. But if you don't, then I understand why as well to a degree. Um, then this might not be the season that you want to watch. And, and so as we move closer here, Deshaun, to our Midtown Studios, uh, the Kia Studios here on 92.9 The Game, uh, Georgia Tech, not to be outdone by the, the Bulldogs there. Uh, Georgia Tech's only won two of their last 13 games. So how does Damon Stoudemire get this thing turned around, moving in the right direction? Yeah, two of those 13 is probably against the Blue Bloods right up there in North Carolina, Duke in, in, uh, North, Car uh, in North Carolina. But, you know, you're looking for Georgia Tech. You're probably going to find them at the bottom, obviously. But I think he needs a little bit of time to recruit his type of guy. Uh, until that happens, I think you utilize the hell out of the transfer portal. Um, but, you know, and, and I understand the aspect of trying, which I think Josh Pastor was trying to do, you know, you know, recruiting the student athletes that fit the Georgia Tech brand and all of that. But winning basketball games certainly plays a part in a lot of this. Uh, I think they need to reestablish the culture and return some of those former alums. They got some good ones, the Josh Okogis and the, Jose Alvarado's, Chris Bosch, and Jared Jack, all these guys, Kenny Anderson, 3D. Bring some of these guys back and, and, and try to reestablish a culture there. But I think they got some decent pieces over there already between uh, Nathan George, who's a true freshman. I really like him a lot. Um, and uh, I, 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 I really think that Damon Stoudemire, according to talking to him at ACC Media Day back in October, um, outside of Miles Kelly, who I think is the ideal, more ideal third option for them right now, he's number one. Tafar Gapre is, uh, he says, he's one of the most talented players that he's ever seen. This is Damon Stoudemire now, NBA Mighty Mouse Damon Stoudemire. 
That guy's a transfer from UMass, and they haven't gotten anything remotely close out of Gapare, um, you know, to be able to, you know, give them a push for the tournament. They're definitely going to have to win the conference tournament if they were looking for a bid. Deshaun Tate joining me here on the waitfor.com hotline. It's 92.9 The Game tonight. Abe Gordon here hosting until 10 o'clock. Deshaun, let's go big picture here as as we're, you know, five weeks and change away from Selection Sunday, uh, somewhere around that timeline. But right now, when you take a look at the unranked teams, uh, who is the team that you're keeping your eye on? Uh, maybe or, or see them setting up uh, for a run come tournament time, even if they get ranked by then. I think it's it's probably about three teams, at least in the Power Five anyways. I think Texas A&M can propose a problem in the SEC and even beyond, maybe going into the tournament. I imagine they would get a bid. Uh, TCU is another one of those teams, one of the better teams out of Texas, not named Houston. Jamie Dixon obviously doing a good job. I can see them going on a run. Uh, and how about your Florida Gators, who I think have been playing some of the best brand of basketball uh, in quite some time that we've seen on a, from a consistency standpoint. But just two conferences I want you guys to take a look at that I think are, are, could be very competitive with some teams coming out of there. In the Atlantic 10, you've got the Richmond Spiders. You've got George Mason. I know it's not 2006, but uh, – and, and then you've got, you know, Loyola, Illinois, Chicago. You know, the Loyola is back all over again. Uh, and they do a great job. And you can certainly find someone somewhere in this really deep Mountain West Conference. I know we talk a lot about the Power Fives. Big 12 is at the top in, in the country. Obviously, the Big East. I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that the Mountain West, between those teams, you use your phone, go and look it up, those teams within the top six or seven teams, any of those I think could certainly make a run with the right matchups in March to be able to make a run to the Sweet 16. I'm going to almost get ready to book that here myself in the next few weeks before Selection Sunday. Final question to Sean. I, I wanted to ask you that one to, to maybe ask you this one. I didn't know if you would go there yourself or if I had to lead it this way. But uh, Amir Abdur Rahim in his first season at South Florida is doing some pretty incredible things. What can you say about the job he's done uh, as a new head man with the Bulls in year one? Dude, <laughs> phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I don't think it's shocking anybody, anybody that paid attention last year and the years prior to uh, Kennesaw State. But, you know, we just finished talking about that Loyola team that's definitely uh, climbing up a little bit. Got a win over them earlier this year. Florida State, while they may be having more of a down year, that's a big win for uh, USF. And then how about Memphis? Memphis was ranked number 10 at the time, and they went in there and got a win. Chris Youngblood follows Abdur Rahim over. Uh, from Kennesaw State, which I think was really big for them and, and what they wanted to do. And uh, those Florida teams, dude, I mean, listen, last year it was Miami in the Final Four, Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. This year, some of those taking a step back. Now we're talking about potentially the Gators all over again, maybe. Um, and then now South Florida, Central Florida has big wins. Cam Kansas came in and ended up walking away with a loss. Central Florida's got some big wins, too. The state of Florida's uh, putting in some work, and a big reason behind why that is is because of Abdur Rahim. Deshaun, as we head towards March, we will continue to discuss college basketball with you, but that's a nice little primer for what we've missed so far. But we will uh, continue to break it down over the next couple of weeks. Appreciate your time, as always. All good, man. Thanks for having me. There he is, Deshaun Tate, 19 on the game, college basketball insider. I think he said those nice things about Florida just to make me smile. I don't think Florida's going anywhere in the tournament. They, they could lose 
just as easily the first weekend as they could get into the Sweet 16. So we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. They're not even, you know, got to still make the tournament. They've been a lot safer recently, but we'll see how that goes. All right, when we come back, we're going to put a wrap on the show tonight. I want to introduce a new segment that we're going to be debuting tomorrow uh, and maybe give it a little preview of what the content for tomorrow's show will be as well. That's what's coming up as we wrap it all up here on 92.9 The Game tonight. Live from the Key Studios, I'm your host, Abe Gordon, on Sports Radio. 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. yourselves it's going to be a crazy night this is 92.9 the game tonight on sports radio 92.9 the game Welcome back in. Final couple moments here on 92.9 The Game tonight. It's Abe Gordon wrapping things up today. But do not fear. I am back with you tomorrow evening. Same bat time, same bat channel. 7 to 10 here on 92.9 The Game. We got some interesting stuff for you tomorrow. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, let's let's recap what we went through today because it was an interesting show and had some great audience participation on a couple of different topics. And the first one was the idea that, look, we're all incredibly frustrated with what we've seen from the Atlanta Hawks this season. I, I don't know anyone who's pleased. Not a single person. Not with the, not with the franchise, not in the fan base. Like, no one's happy with what's going on this year, and there's a couple things that need to change, maybe more than a couple. But I cannot imagine they get to the summer and don't make significant changes. It just does not feel like a world where they're running this back. I haven't, it feels like every year they've tried to run this back with changes around the perimeter, uh, not the physical perimeter of the court, but just the fringe of the team, right? You let... Gallo go and you bring in Sadiq Bay, like those sorts of smaller maneuvers. And I know it wasn't a, a direct one for one. That's you get my point though. And I think we're headed towards a summer of major change. And I don't know what that change is. I was trying to figure out what the best path forward is for the Atlanta Hawks. They've got to do something though. And I think it boils down to three options. I think you either Trade DeJounte Murray and continue to build around Trey Young. If that's not the plan, maybe the plan is that you trade Trey Young, start to build around DeJounte Murray. And then another potential option is trade both of them. Tear the whole thing down. And you build back up from the start. You you essentially would be tanking for a pick. Get yourself in the lottery and see what happens. At the end of the day, I now I know what I think will happen. I know what I prefer will happen. But either way, no matter who you stick with, whether it's Trey, whether it's DeJounte, whether it's neither of them, you got to find a way to get an impact big man into town. I said earlier, the only team that has won a championship 
in the past decade plus as a guard-led team has been the Warriors. And in two of those years, Kevin Durant won finals MVP. So go figure. Unless you're going to get a revolutionary player who literally changed the way the game is played, along with the right tools around him. And by the way, like, let's not let's not pretend this was all guard-led. I mean, Steph Curry was the man, but we don't have a Draymond on this team either. And Draymond made a massive, massive difference. There's no denying that. Even though he's kind of a little bit psycho, he, he made a difference in the NBA Finals. And you know what? In the Finals that they lost, he made a difference the other way. I think we're aware of that as well. So something's got to change. And I don't know what it is, but... Trade Trey, trade DeJounte, keep a superstar, get rid of both. Uh, it, it just feels like you're headed towards a situation where there has to be major change. You can't just sit there and run it back. There's no world in which you can sell to this fan base that we're running running it back. You think fans are out on this team now? Just imagine how bad it'll be a year or, or, or in a couple of months if you're starting – Game one of 82 with minuscule or no change. And so we had a lot of participation on that. I will say this. I was surprised at how many people were in favor of trading DeJounte and continuing to build around Trey Young. That is the boat that I fall in. I would try to continue building around Trey Young. Try it one more time by bringing the right pieces in. And going from there. But I know that Trey Young is very divisive in this city. There, there are so many people who just are insistent and confident that he will never be on a team that wins a championship. And, and look, uh, un, until he wins one, whether it's here or elsewhere, I guess they're right. Right until proven wrong sort of thing. I get that. You know, I had a tweet. Uh, I don't know how long ago, 18 months ago, that that I said, and I caught a lot of slack for it. I said, the way Trey is playing now, unless he matures, you're never winning a title with him. Now, I do think he has matured, and I think that was an important distinction to make, and people who just got redheaded and blind-eyed and, and just came after me for it, they didn't look at the details of my message. But as he looks now, you were not going to win with Trey. I, I, I agreed with that statement then. I agree with that statement now, but I do think Trey has matured. I, I think we could see that just in the fact that he's at least trying on defense. And so very surprised at how many people are still in favor of keeping Trey Young, trading DeJounte Murray, and trying to build from there. That's, that's the boat that I'm in as well, so I am with you. But I'm glad to hear the city is not just completely turning on Trey in the wake of Mark Stein's report that there's a market for him and uh, and some other comments that have been made as well. So we talked about that. The other thing that we talked about, and I didn't know if it was going to get some reaction or not, but I'm really happy that it did, is the future of cinema. Or, or, or just, if you want to be a little bit lazier, just movies. Movies in general. Because... And I think this weekend is like the perfect dichotomy in the film industry of a changing of the guard. I just think the reign of the superhero era is done. 
way too many superhero movies have come out recently that don't make enough money. And I, I just don't think they're going to keep churning them out the way they have been. There's still going to be plenty of superhero movies. Some of them are going to make upwards of $750 million, maybe even to a billion dollars. But I, I think where every two or three weeks you have one that's always making $700 million, I think that's done. And so I was asking what the next trend in film is. What's the next big trend in movies? And I really enjoyed discussing that. I know we had, I had a couple of ideas. I think biopics are huge. I think running back dead franchises for the nostalgia reasons are huge. Rebirthing old franchises, whatever you want to call it. Top Gun Maverick. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Stuff like that. Twisters when it comes out. I think that's a huge ploy that is working. I mentioned biopics. Uh, obviously, Bob Marley, One Love comes out this this week, and then potentially, look, there's there's a slate to, for a lot of big films. I don't know if any film this year is going to be bigger than when the Michael Jackson biopic comes out towards the end of the year. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We had some callers that suggested video games turning into movies, and just the hesitation there is just they have not succeeded that much in the past with a little bit of exception. And so we'll see where that goes. Uh, I got a couple of, of suggestions on Twitter there that, that I thought are interesting because it's the type of movie I'm just always in for. Extreme climate weather movies. Huh. Okay. Now, the last, like, real big one didn't exactly work out when Moonfall. I mean, if you remember yeah, Moonfall. Moonfall? Yeah. But I, I'm definitely in for those, like, grandiose because they're just the 2012 – yeah. Or yeah. or day after tomorrow, any earth-shattering event, like, I'm so here for. And to his, to his extent, like, Twisters is probably in that along, uh, yeah. somewhat in that in that line of thing. So, uh, I'm definitely in for that. Um, let's see. We got, we got sci-fi-type genres. The thing about sci-fi movies nowadays is you can actually get some pretty high-credited uh, actors doing yeah. some of these roles. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big difference. Uh, you know, we've seen, um, whether you want to call it a zombie movie or a sci-fi movie or whatever it is, but, like, Brad Pitt being the lead in World War Z changes the quality yeah. of that film. Yep. Will Smith being the lead of um, Legend changes what that film is. And so I, I think you've got a situation along those lines as well. All right, so that's what we talked about today. I want to look ahead to what we've got going on tomorrow. And I got a big Falcons question for everyone um, that I'm going to ask. And we're going to get a ton of reaction on that. I already know it's suited, booted, and ready to go. I can't wait until 7, 10 or so tomorrow when I start to introduce a Falcons discussion about what year one could look like under Raheem Morris. Uh, Jason Cole is going to join me to continue that Falcons discussion as well. And then here we go. We are going to debut a new segment on 92.9 The Game tonight. We're going to call it the PM Power Rank. And I want one sports topic and one non-sports topic. And we're going to, up to five, power rank my thoughts on those two topics. And as time goes on, I do want to get suggestions from you guys on topics and what to rank, both sports and non-sports. But I think as we kick things off, I want to introduce Dom, who you've heard from periodically tonight. I-, I tasked you with some homework. Yes. I need one sports topic and one non-sports topic for tomorrow. 
to Power Rank as part of our new segment, the PM Power Rank. Mm -hmm. What have you come up with as a sports topic? So for my sports topic, um, there was a couple things that I wanted to go through, but I always thought that the fun conversation, the one that I would enjoy, give me which sports you think you could be a professional in. Okay. I like which that. Which sports you think I you like could be that. a professional in. And for a non-sports power rank, what do you have? So for non-sports, and this one actually hit me as we were going to break there, we've been uh, – you know, promoing the Chris Tucker tickets that we're selling, that got me thinking, rank the comedians you would like to see live. To me, that's, to me that doesn't change, whether they're live. I, I know what you're saying, but if that, now you just asked me to rank my top comedians that well, are I mean, currently if you, active. If you, I mean, currently active some, top comedians. So I, that, all I, right. would, I do want to keep it I'm a big comedy active. guy, too. Uh, I, 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 I listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm a big comedy guy, so I, I'm going to put some down. Not sure everyone's even going to know some of the the comedians I've I've uh, I pull out of there. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. All right, that is what we've got tomorrow. Again, huge Falcons discussion for you tomorrow. It's going to talk about Raheem Morris and what is success in year one for him, depending on the quarterback. Excited for that. Excited for all that's coming your way tomorrow. Jason Cole included. For Dom Trosky, I appreciate Deshaun Tate stopping by. It's been Abe Gordon here, live from the Kia Studios with 92.9 The Game tonight. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.